Oh, can I tell you? I good. Thanks for this. This uh, when you what was the thing about the the church made of bones? That was okay. That was Portugal moving back. Mm-hmm. You can't cut any of that because now we need it for this context. Because it made me think of uh-huh. Anne and uh-huh. Hennessy. I don't know if I might have said this in the episode. Anyway, Anne and Hennessy's bones are in mm-hmm. the altar at the Catholic worker where I lived. And that's that's weird. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. not supposed to say that. Well, you can't, but when you're, like, moving the altar around, you have to be careful because his bones are in it and they might fall out and break. Um, it's a lot of pressure. Did he want them to be there? Um, well, I'm pretty sure he died before the Catholic Record in Hartford was started, but... But was he, like, put my bones in an altar? You know, I didn't ask because I was... Just like originally kind of freaked out because I'd lived in this house for like four or five months before I found out. Sure, and so sure. I was like, you know, the bones. And I was like, no, I don't. <laughs> um, Should we do it? Yeah, I'm ready. Okay. Um. Hello, welcome. Hey, your turn. Welcome to You Should Care About This, a uh, uh, podcast where I, John... Uh, and I, Aaron Bergen... Uh, just, I was in the middle of my thing. Okay, well, I don't have the, the script in front of me, so you I go either. ahead. I, well, no, I, I like history, and you... Uh, don't. Okay, don't like yeah. it. You should care about this. Um, before we get started today, we do want to... Uh, people listen to this podcast. It's mind-blowing uh, to all yeah, of us. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Well, thanks. Thanks for that endorsement. I don't either, but I hear it's good. And and um, if you are listening to this and you agree, you can go on iTunes and you can give us a review or just give us a rating. It really oh, helps. five stars. Uh, five stars. I mean, you can give as many stars as you want. Five stars. Um, and also, we do we do uh, some podcasts ask for money. We don't want your money, but um, our <laughs> friends at Highlander Center. This past week did have their main office burned down. It appears to have been burned down by white supremacists. Yeah, this is not the first attack on Highlander from their decades and decades in organizing. Um, if you can give, we'll put a link to giving in the uh, show description thing. Yeah. The Highlander known for uh, Thank you. turning yeah. out wonderful people and training um, Rosa Parks and helping with the civil rights movement and... Um, all of your favorite folk singers. Look at you on the history lesson. Thank you very much. Today's episode, I wanted to jump back in history. I want to keep going on this theme of revolutionary women, jump back in history, um, and also jump continents and start with First, this. I want to mm-hmm. interrupt, as one is wont to do, and just remind you that it's no longer Women's History Month, so you don't have to pretend to care. So there's this famous joke um, joke is a strong word. There's a famous saying that is attributed to lots of different people um, that says, that sort of describes the condition of uh, African folks in Africa that says, when the missionaries arrived, they had the Bible and we had the land. They said, let us pray. And then we opened our eyes. They had the land and we had the Bible. Got it? Okay. But we're going to talk a bit about resistance to that today. And so that means we have to start by talking about the country known as the Congo. Okay, it's right Congo. in the middle. It's right in the middle. Well, it's not, but it's, that's not the, quite the that's not quite the, the Congo. 
Um, the Congo we know today is not synonymous with the Congo, the Kingdom of the Congo, um, which, let's find, was formed around 1390. Uh, okay. And as that country grew through these voluntary protection agreements um, and became this really big kingdom in the 1600s, like, you know, every other kingdom in Africa at that point, before that point, it was involved in a slave trade. Mm-hmm. But the slave trade was bound by really strict rules. So you can't enslave local folks like your neighbors. You can't enslave women captured in war. You know, like some basic measure of these are the people who you can, who can like be enslaved and these are the people who can't. Then Europeans show up. In yeah, that's country. never a good sign. It's really, really uh, generally bad. And so they show up, we show up, and... Except for when uh, I show up to parties, that's always a good sign. Yeah, the party doesn't start until Europeans walk in, and then it, it really, really ends. No, I was not talking specifically the, about me. You, it's in the, okay. And that's also not the Kesha line. It's not? Oh, you're, it is. Yeah, that's what I thought. Okay, no one's going to find that joke funny. So... Uh, <laughs> Well, the problem with Europeans is that we only accepted, like, there's a lot of things that you could exchange, you know, like clothing or wood or food or, you know, beads or something that is called money. And we were like, no, we're only taking slaves as payment. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you have an economy, we'd like to break it. Um, yeah. And this along with... But uh, there was in- there was a slave trade prior to this. Right, 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 right. But okay. we come in and we're like, but what if your economy was just one thing? And also yeah. we made all the money off of it. So anyway, this, this leads to lots of, inf- or this, this along with infighting and economic disruption leads to um, the decline of the Congo. But it lasts as an independent kingdom from 1390 until like almost 1900, where it eventually That's becomes... 600 years. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, two and a half times as long as, well significantly long the United States has made it. And we have not yet become a Portuguese colony, which is what happened to the Kingdom of the Congo in the 1900s. Yeah, but it's so, also not looking great for us right now. So who knows? No, no, no. Yeah. Well, you know, I hear the Portuguese have some nice things. Healthcare? What do they have? Health, uh, drug legalization, I think. Oh, that is them. Okay, continue. Yeah, yeah. They have a church made entirely of bones. It's not related to drug legalization. It's separate. Okay. Catholicism dates back in that area to 1491 when some Portuguese mariners brought the first priests and the king, King Jao the first, I'm probably butchering that name, was voluntarily baptized as a Christian, as a Catholic. And then, of course, later in his life, he was like, nah, I'm not really about that, and tried to renounce it, um, mm-hmm. or did renounce it, he didn't try, he succeeded. But his son, Afonso the first, 1509 to 1543, makes Catholicism an official state religion, and he used it to sort of like be like, oh, we're Catholic, and these people aren't Catholic, we're going to fight against them, specifically against like people who are part of indigenous ritual traditions like Kendoki. The thing about it, though, is that is that it bred in the Congo through more or less voluntary baptism. So Catholicism did. Yeah, it existed as one religion among many. There was no like large scale, oh, you're all Catholic now, but rather... First, the aristocracy and then ordinary people were like, oh, yeah, we like some of these Catholic rituals. We'll do those. But we're also going to, like, have these indigenous beliefs. Um, so it was, it was very folk Catholicism. Um, um, yeah. Can I ask a question? Yes, I will. Thank you. Um, in my 
limited knowledge of like Latin American history. That's like pretty similar. Is that true? Like in terms of how they they went about Catholicism, in in mm. uh, the where it like the mestizo mix comes in. Well, I mean, in Latin America, the Catholics showed up with a full plan for colonization. The Spanish showed up with a full plan for colonization, Portuguese as well. And so they forced everyone to become Catholic. And then people turned that sort of forced Catholicism into a combination of indigenous tradition and Catholic tradition. And often sort of it was like everything looks very Catholic. And then the more you get below the surface, the more the, the worldview um, is indigenous. Whereas in Congo, at least at, at the time of our story here, some people are Catholic and, and also in, you know, uh, Kindoki, uh, you know, or, or another indigenous tradition, um, because it's a, because it's an African kingdom and they're not like enforced, like they're not like you've got to all believe this one thing on pain of death. That's just such a European thing. Right. Okay. To be super essentialist about it, which just, you know, to massively overgeneralize. Yeah. We good? That makes sense? Yeah, I'm, I'm ready. So this is the context for our story in 1684. Yeah. Done. 1684. Beatriz Kimpavita was born in the kingdom of the Congo, um, and she was uh, nobility. She was of the ruling class, and she was baptized Catholic. Yes. Cool. So Beatriz um, doesn't have any formal education, um, but memorizes a lot of prayers um, and and learns a lot of of her faith, understanding the world through, through memorization. And then also, as a young person, she has a lot of visions. And she, and she actually has some, some training uh, in seeing visions. Okay, and hold on. I, do, I zoned out halfway that. through that. Is you she Catholic? Did? No, I did. Born I did. I, you, you she was sure born did. Catholic. That, well, yeah, I don't know if you're born Catholic. She's baptized Catholic, so, like, it's pretty close to birth. Okay. All right, I'm back. I'm back. I'm putting my game down. No more freestyle. No more freestyle. <laughs> <laughs> Again, please, please, like, leave a five-star review for this podcast. <laughs> I'm ready. So, 1652. <laughs> no. What was it? She was born in 1684. It's Dude, that was, that was almost 30 years off, and this was, like, 300 years ago. So that wasn't not bad. About, not about names and dates. So she's trained to be uh, Nganga, a medium to the other world, to the spirit world. But there's a lot of Catholic influence in the in within the nobility and then from these Italian, uh, these Italian capuchins. Like the is, monkeys? Mm, see, it's not though. You wish it was. You really want to see a monkey in a monk's robe, but it's actually yeah. just a type of monk. Okay. Um, but same word. Same word. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so you could picture a, a small monkey. Um, <laughs> Which clearly I am. Yeah, yeah. Italian capuchins. So anyway, these, these, these guys from Italy were sort of trying to declare war against witchcraft. And the nobility were like, eh, uh, really? So she was discouraged from her training to be a medium. Uh, she doesn't want to be declared a sorcerer. And so she renounces it and moves closer to the Catholic Church, but she still has this, this power of, of seeing visions. And, and in the European tradition, we would just call this being a mystic, uh, unless you're a woman, in which case we call it being a witch, right? But, right. Um, six of one, half dozen the other. As, a, as this mystic, she, in 1704, so how old is she in 1704? I've forgotten. 20. Not a 20. Yeah, very good. Um, she declares that she is the reincarnation of St. Anthony. 
Okay. Um, I don't know who that is. You don't know who that. Well, he's dead, first of all. Or not the re- well. I'm sorry, but wouldn't thing. he have to be if he's a reincarnated in so this? This is the thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he is dead. Uh, he's a Franciscan monk known for his writings about voluntary poverty and his like really holding up poor people as being closer to God than rich people. Um, and he's one of those. So the Catholics have this category called Doctors of the Church. Um, <laughs> okay. And if the, the church hierarchy decides that your teachings, uh, your writings are sacred and true in some way, you can become a doctor of the church. So like Thomas Aquinas was declared a heretic and then undeclared heretic and made a doctor of the church. Yeah, That's I don't really true. care about Thomas Aquinas. Though. Okay, well, so anyway, St. Anthony is a doctor of the church. It happened to him very fast after he died. He was doctorized quickly. So anyway, so some sources say that she, she claims to be the reincarnation of St. Anthony. Others say that... Um, it's not reincarnation maybe isn't the right word because um, she says that he, he, he has taken over her. Okay. Um, he, he now, he now like lives in her. Um, yeah, no, I get so that. That's not really reincarnation. I don't know. Maybe, maybe the word means different things. Well, isn't so, it like the, wouldn't that be like possessed, but possessed has a negative connotation? Yeah, uh, maybe that could work. That works. Yeah. Um, so she's been possessed by or is the reincarnation of a dead, dead Italian Franciscan. Um, and she says, like, and so people are like, why, why is this happening? And she's like, well, Congo needs black saints. Um, and the Capuchins, the monkeys from Italy, have been teaching <laughs> a false Christianity. And that Jesus and Mary and St. Francis. <laughs> that was a back. crow. Can we back up? That was the wrong <laughs> animal. Yeah, that was Continue. Right. Okay. Would you but like I'm paying attention now. Okay. Would you like to do over on the sound? Yeah. I don't know monkeys, but keep going. Yeah, I, mean, so I believe that that was basically how the Catholic mass sounds in, in Italy. Um, All of our Italian we, subscribers are not going to give us five stars now. No, no, no. Um, so she says that Jesus and Mary and St. Francis were, in fact, black and Congolese. Ooh. You can understand that this maybe upset some people. Wait, wait were those people white? Yes, they were. They were. <laughs> named Father Bernardo. <laughs> he was white. He gets well. We'll get to him later. But like, so she's she's going around as the as the reincarnation or um, as the mystic in communication with Saint Anthony, preaching this message that um, Jesus and Mary and and Saint Francis, the founder of the Franciscan Order, were in fact black and Congolese. That the story of, of Christianity is the story is an African story. Um, and she gets really popular, like thousands and thousands of people flock to her. And part of her message is saying that this infighting within the kingdom of the Congo and the civil war has angered Christ. And so she took her message to King Pedro IV, African head of the kingdom of Congo, and he's like, not about this. So she went to his rival in the civil war, who also was not about it. And interestingly, uh, her message is anti-missionary, obviously, because they're preaching a false Christianity of all this white people nonsense, but she's pro-Pope. So she's like, okay. the, Catholic, the, the, the Catholic structure isn't necessarily bad. We like the Pope, but all of these people here with their white Jesus really need to leave. Um, what? 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 <laughs> is that not a distinction that quite makes sense to you? No. What, uh, what do you call these Italian people again? Capuchins. Did you just Google a video of capuchins? 
Are you okay over there? I can't tell what's the monkey and what's you. That was so funny of me. Okay, uh, one more time for the listeners at home. Okay, continue. She takes her movement of thousands of followers, and she um, she sets the goal of trying to restore the Kingdom of Congo to the power that it had before colonialism. So there's this old abandoned capital. The Civil War has caused everyone to leave the capital and form new capitals. And she goes and, and takes it over with her followers and builds a residence in this ruined cathedral in the capital. That's legit. But unfortunately, uh, the warring sides of the Civil War are not impressed with her movement, and they come in, and they defeat her forces, and they capture her. And so this is where Father Bernardo comes in. Um, okay. He's, he's interviewing her, her. That's where we get this quote about, about like, um, Mary and Jesus and, and uh, Francis being black and Congolese. And so he's asking her questions, um, and he asks her whether she thinks there are Congolese people in heaven. And she's like, yes, I think there are lots of Congolese people in heaven. And he says, well, you should be burned at the stake. For the Ooh. And so she was in 1706 at the ripe age of 22. Wow. That was a quick turnaround there. Yeah, yeah. So the Civil War ends a few years later. Um, but in the process of wrapping up the Civil War, um, remember Pedro IV, the king? Anyway, he and, and other people no. are winning the... Okay, look, listen. So they want to rid the kingdom of all of the supporters of this mystic of Beatrice Kimpavita. And so according to Linda Haywood, who's this African-American history prof at Boston, um, the kingdom of the Congo ends up uh, capturing and selling into slavery more than the 30,000 uh, people, many of whom are followers of Kimpavita. Um, and they are sent on them onto ships and, and through the middle passage to the Americas. They end up, many of some of them, in the United States. Okay. And so this matters because twenty about twenty years later, on Sunday, September ninth, seventeen thirty nine, sixty enslaved people in South Carolina uh, get a hold of guns and kill twenty three slave owners. Um, this is okay. Called the Stone, this is called the Stono Rebellion. Oh, no, that's not, okay. They're able to get a hold of those guns and kill the slave owners because they have military training from being civil wars in Congo. Okay. Some of them were followers of Beatrice Kimpavita. Nice. And the theory is they picked September 9th because the day before is, in the Catholic tradition, the birthday of Virgin Mary. The Virgin Mary was born on September 8th? This is a, that's a feast day for Catholics. Okay. I didn't know that. You know, we learned some things. See, you learn things in this podcast. Yeah, I spent a few September 8ths in the Catholic Worker and didn't, no birthday cake for Mary, and I feel bad now. So there are people coming across on the ships who, so yeah, first of all, it's not true that like, People from Africa, people brought here by force from Africa, didn't know Christianity beforehand, and that some of the people knew the Christianity. It's white people nonsense. It's white people nonsense, and some of the people, the Christianity they knew, was already a liberatory, like black Christianity with a black mm-hmm. Jesus. Um, 
the chant that enslaved people were chanting during the Stonewall Rebellion as they went around and killed the people who claimed to own them. They were chanting the word for freedom, which is the same word as the word salvation in Congolese. Um, so they're, they're chant, and it's a word that's used heavily in, in Catholic prayers that um, Beatrice retranslated and she rewrote the, the prayers under the guidance of St. Anthony. And particularly around this, uh, there's this history prof at University of South Carolina called Mark Smith, um, who says the, the, the word is uh, uh, Lukangu. Um, okay. It's a, yeah, it means, it means liberty or salvation. Um, and there's this prayer called the Salve Antoniana um, that Beatrice wrote and that she taught to all of her followers. Um, and it, it uses this word over and over again, meaning liberty and salvation. And so it's this word that they that they chanted and sang as they resisted. Mark Smith says, in Stono, they dreamed of liberty. Um, in Haiti, where a slave revolt led to the formation of a black republic, they won it. Ooh. So in, in both cases, some of the members and participants in those revolts, revolts and rebellions, a part of Beatrice Kempovita's like black liberation movement back in the Congo. Yeah, the majority of Central West Africans brought to what became Haiti were Congolese. Yeah, that's like, that's the influence of like black mystic liberation theology across an entire ocean. Well, bam. Yeah. That's pretty cool. I like that. Isn't that the coolest thing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, So what did you, what did you learn? Um, I learned about um, the Congolese. Would you use the word empire? What word did you say? A king, kingdom. Kingdom that was beyond just the borders I think of today, and they had certain rules for slave trade. And then the Europeans came over and tried to mess with everything. And then Beatriz Kimpavita was Catholic and was trained to be. A sorceress? Yeah, medium. Medium, and then decided to back off that and go ahead and start the um, thing that she did in the Catholic mm-hmm. Church. And uh, radicalized a bunch of people and translated things into Congolese and was killed for believing that Jesus and Mary and St. Anthony were black. And mm-hmm. then when her followers were enslaved and forced to come to America, they started a slave rebellion. And they killed some people and in the name of freedom and salvation. And some of her other followers went to Haiti mm-hmm. and were part of that rebellion and revolution. Yeah. And the capuchins. And 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 throughout it there were monkeys. Do you want to give a preview of next time or should we just like uh keep it as a surprise? Oh I have finals in like two weeks, so it might mm. not be next time. It'll be a while. It'll be but good, sometime though. in the future I will talk about things that I have knowledge on. I'm gonna make pancakes. Have a nice night folks. Have a lovely pancakes. Thank you. Bye, Aaron.